Welcome in to episode 106 of the Sources Say Podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the growing KSR Podcast Network. I am your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio, and today I'm happy to be joined once again by Sean Smith of Gobi Blue Country. Sean, how the heck are you? I'm great, Jack. How are you? I'm doing just fantastic, After, uh, especially after seeing Jalen Duran post his uh, pictures of, of his official visit sporting a Kentucky jersey for the first time. And, Sean, I'm just here to tell you, it, looked like, it looks like he was genuinely made to wear a Kentucky jersey. I don't know about you, but I, I, think, I think it's a pretty darn good look. Yeah, yeah, it's a really good look. And, you know, we were, we were sitting here going over what we were going to cover in the show and, and everything, and then – you're like, wow, he just, he just posted pictures of himself in Kentucky gear, and he, he looks like a grown man, and he certainly does. And now that you get to see – and we, you know, we've seen other pictures, right? We've seen him in Memphis gear and things like that. But now that we've got to see him put on that UK blue, you kind of start to envision what it would look like if he actually does that very soon. I mean, we'll, we'll find out not too long from now, I guess, if the reclassification is still a thing. And if he will play in 21, it will be Kentucky. But he certainly looks good in Kentucky blue. Yeah, I think that's the overall early takeaway. But uh, you guys came here to find out how the visit went, the specifics of it, what Jalen did, what the coaching staff did with him, uh, kind of the momentum of, of where things stand. So we're obviously going to break all that stuff down. But, Sean, you bring up the, the reclass talk, and you bring up is he going to be on a college campus this fall. Um, before we get into the where and those sorts of things, I do want to put it out there now that uh, I know Jalen's camp kind of firmly put their foot down and said, if it's not coming from us, don't believe it, uh, said those sorts of things. I'm just here to tell you right now, uh, I believe Adam Zagori was the first to actually officially report it, but um, Jalen is going to be reclassifying to 2021. He's in the process. He's doing the coursework right now. Um, this is something that has been kind of in the works throughout the, you know, since early in the spring and, and as, as summer has kind of um, slowly crept, crept along, he is in the process of doing that. He is going to um, at least make, make the attempt. He's a true junior. So this isn't a case where he's a year, a year up and this is going to be a super smooth, easy transition. Um, he does have a full year of coursework to get done this summer. So it's not just a kind of a cut and dry situation. So I guess my only caveat to saying he is going to be reclassifying 2021 is there's a lot, it, there's, there's a lot left to do, but he is moving forward as if he is going to be reclassifying to 2021. So uh, there's, there's been a lot of speculation. You know, I, I've been writing posts about Jalen and we've been talking about it on the podcast and there have been responses like you guys are talking in 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 absolutes as if it's a done deal that he is going to be reclassifying Uh, I I do think that we need to be addressing Jalen as if he's going to be a 2021 prospect moving forward uh it would it would you know I mean seeing uh the the Marvin Bagley's of the world and and some other guys that kind of reclassified late how they just kind of made the academic side of things work it would it would really shock me if if Jalen didn't find a way like I said it's not a cut and dry uh guarantee that he's going to be able to get it all worked out without any uh, speed bumps because it, it is a short amount of time and he does need to get on a college campus here the coming months but that is something that he is working towards so I, I, I'm going to be this podcast is going to be operating under the assumption that a reclass does happen when, when we're talking about these college options and, and you know possible professional options 
uh, we we should make it clear that this is with the assumption that it that he is making the jump to 2021. Um, he did tell me that he is going to be making the decision by the end of the summer, which also adds to the speculation that you know why would a, a class of 20 unless you're a Sky Clark where you just you know where you want to go, it's your dream school, it's kind of been the school you've always wanted to play for. If you're a guy like Jalen Duran, you would wait you, you would wait until the spring until you you know weigh all your options, get all the professional dollars on the table and kind of figure things out at that point. Um, but he's making this, this early decision with the, with the mindset of, A, I'm reclassifying, and B, I know I'm going to be on, the, uh, on a college campus or professional option here in the coming months. I need to make this decision quickly so I can kind of take this next step. So, Sean, but, uh, just kind of um, to, to get things going, um, it, it, it is we, – we are operating under the assumption that he's going to be a class of 2021. So um, as for the where, um, there was a lot of talk going into the trip that Kentucky was feeling very, very confident about where it stood uh, compared to the other peers. I've been told that his his top three options right now are Kentucky, Memphis, and, and uh, Miami, and that he's not – I mean, there's been talk, some talk about, uh, you know, Michigan, maybe uh, some of these other schools kind of creeping in late. But uh, I really think he's he's firmly down to those three colleges, and I think we, he's going to announce his final five on, on Friday – and I, I think it's going to be those three, and I wouldn't be shocked if it's the NBL and, and the NBA G League. And I think that's going to be where things stand. And, Sean, I, I wouldn't be shocked if, if we get a, uh, some sort of an announcement in the coming months, but he's definitely cutting this thing down to five. And I am very, very, very confident that Kentucky is going to be in it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you're talking about him reclassifying the 21, and we're, you know, we're working with that assumption today. And, when you get to this point to where you're releasing your top five, and it's not top five schools, it's top five options. And I think that's something that you're going to see now where we're used to seeing, oh, a top seven or a top five, would it all be schools? No, now you're going to have the, the G League and all those options in there. But the fact that it, we're to that point, he's had the string of official visits, all those signs help you point to 21, especially considering that this thing is early. I mean, the summer's not even over yet. Uh, so I think all that kind of points toward him reclassifying. Obviously, we know Peach Jam and stuff is coming up, and we know he wants to play in that. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, whoever gets this guy, whether it be a pro route or it's Miami or it's Kentucky or it's Memphis, it definitely shifts power in the collegiate game. Like, if Kentucky gets him, you're going to see Kentucky climb up the charts in the rankings. I mean, a lot of people will probably pick Kentucky to be the national champion or a guaranteed Final Four a threat if they get Jalen Duran. If he goes to Memphis, you're obviously going to strengthen that roster. Same thing with Miami. Wherever he goes, it's a it, it's must-see TV. That's the type of talent. You're getting a guy who is potentially going to be the number one overall pick in the NBA draft. That's the talent. Yeah, shoot. I, you know, you bring up Memphis. You, you got to think that they're at least NIT championship level team with, with Jalen Duran added to the fold. Um, <laughs> so, but uh, – as far as the college options, and I was told that, you know, I was, I, I was one of the first people, um, I was kind of out of the loop when the Jalen Dur- – because I was kind of just under the assumption that this kid's going pro. There's no real reason to, to truly follow his, his recruitment and, and kind of those sorts of things. But when I talked to him at Pangos, uh, I went up to him assuming, like, hey, I know that there's a Kentucky offer on the table. Um, you know, what has that level of contact been? Uh, assuming that he'd be like, yeah, Kentucky's cool. These other schools are cool. But, man, the pro leagues. Man, I got, the, you know, these offers coming and all those – 
I came away from that conversation. He was like, yeah, you know, I don't really care about the money. I mean, yeah, the money's cool, but, and I, I've said this over and over on the show that, that he's, he is such the, he's handling this process in such a business-like professional approach where, and not from just from a, a money standpoint, but like, but like, yeah, I, I care about my branding and my marketing and I care about, you know, my development as a player and those sorts of things. He genuinely cares about who's going to develop him the most. And if it's going to be a college uh, that he thinks is going to, going to do that I genuinely think he's going to college and and I, I think that's kind of where things stand right now I haven't heard any NBL any G League buzz in a long time um the last I've, I mean I, I think over the last two or three weeks it has been which college is Jalen Duran going to oh I'm hearing you know Miami's kind of taking the small lead oh you got to watch out for Memphis oh Kentucky's right there in the thick of things it is never I have not gotten the sense of he's just kind of playing these colleges and then, you know, he's, it's, those are just going to be hats on the table. He's, he's, uh, you know, a done deal with the pro route. I genuinely think that college is where he's going to end up and fans should start, you know, anticipating that he is going to, no matter where he goes, he is going to be one, arguably the top face of college basketball next year. And, you know, obviously there's a big hope that that's at Kentucky, but uh, I think we should start preparing ourselves for Jalen Duran at, at the college right and I think I think it's great for the game of college basketball Sean to just to be totally honest having having a guy of his magnitude kind of taking over and, and kind of stepping in uh, I was talking to Travis Graff on the phone earlier um, and we were talking about like you know what think of the possibility of Paolo Bancaro going to heads up against Jalen Duran to open college basketball would that not be just the you know just the welcome back to normal sports again getting to see Jalen Duran at Kentucky and Paolo at, at Duke to kind of open the college basketball season in MSG, right? Uh, in the mecca of, of basketball in Madison yeah. Square Garden. I mean, that, <laughs> that's a yeah, that's a big deal. Kentucky Duke, Coach K's farewell tour starts. John Calipari coming back for you know for revenge and everything after last year. Yeah, it would be perfect. It'd be the it'd be the icing on the cake for a matchup that I know that we're all looking forward to. But you, I thought you brought up a really good point, though, talking about that you don't think that he's just playing these colleges and taking taking these visits just for the heck of it. I, I do think that you're right about that. And obviously the thing that's different about the Kentucky visit is they can officially talk money. I know we talked about this the other day. Like, you can legally talk about money on a collegiate visit now, which is kind of wild to think about. Yeah. But another note, too, Jack, that I think is big about his visit, and I, I told you this before we started recording, He's getting to spend time these three days in Lexington with guys that will for sure be his teammates if he decides to come to Kentucky. Yeah. Most of the time, an official visitor at Kentucky or even at Duke or North Carolina, you're not you're visiting, but you're not visiting with your future teammates because so many guys from those rosters go to the league. That's not the case right now. If he decides to come to Kentucky, the Jacob Toppins, the Keon Brooks, all those guys. Those are his teammates, and I think that is big for a visit because he gets to spend time. We saw the pool party thing last night. You know John Calipari has just rolled out the red carpet this week. I'm I'm willing to bet when this thing is all said and done, some of the details that we get out of this visit, it's probably been one of the biggest visits as far as things that Cal has done. might even end up being all the, all the stops that have been thrown out by John Calipari because it's the first one with the with the money and everything being talked about in college basketball and name image likeness you know that some of the things and the pitch that has been made is stuff that cal's probably never pitched before 
Yeah. And it's kind of a, it's just such a new territory, but this is something that, like I said on the last show, this is something that Kentucky has been well prepared for. I know there's been some gripes about, you know, how Mitch Barnhart has handled things. And the last time we talked, we were kind of seeing the aftermath of, of the press conference that uh, was just kind of all hell broke loose. Everything just, I, I didn't get to go rewatch it. I saw all the quotes from it, but it, Everybody talked about how Mitch Barnhart just absolutely fumbled the bag on on that on that press conference that he did not seem all in on it. But the the positive thing about this is that his opinion doesn't really matter about this. This is about John Calipari and and his his program saying, "Look, we need this. We're going to do this, whether you're behind us or not. We're going to roll out the red ca- carpet and we're going to you know do this." Mark Stoops with football staff, he's all in on this because he understands how important this is for for the players and what it means for the future of, of college basketball. So even though there's a lot of negative negativity about Mitch Barnhart and how he's not all in on this and all that, you know, yeah, it, it's one thing to, it's not a good look to have your athletic director not be kind of all in on this and, and, and kind of being that curm- curmudgeon guy that we talked about on last show. But the positive is that John Calipari is the exact opposite of that. He's the guy that's all in on this. He's been prepared for this. He's had his pitch and, and his, you know, he's been saying things publicly like, yeah, um, you know, we don't know the specific rules of it all. We don't know how this is going to go. No, behind the scenes, John Calipari has had all of his, his T's crossed and, and I's dotted. He's been ready for this moment for a yeah. Jalen, for a Jalen Duran moment. And I think that's what's so significant. And, I, and uh, we'll kind of transition a little bit into the schools and kind of just kind of how things went and, and uh, just kind of what I've heard from uh, where, where the visits, visit stood. Um, I was told as of going into the visit, Penny Hardaway was still in talks with the Orlando Magic staff. And I, I heard from multiple people, a couple NBA people that thought that Penny Hardaway was absolutely going to take the Orlando Magic job, uh, that the Magic were leaning toward extending an offer to him, that, that the wheels were in motion for that. So I was kind of going into this trip going, look, it's a one-on-one matchup against Miami, and we're going to be able to, to compete against Miami. That obviously fell through. My, uh, Orlando did not end up extending an offer to Penny Hardaway. Uh, there have been a lot of Memphis reporters that, that have reported that, 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 you know, even Penny Hardaway straight up said, my, my end goal is to coach in the NBA, and I would love to coach for the Orlando Magic one day, but uh, today is not that day. I'm returning to Memphis, blah, blah, blah. He hired Larry Brown, which is just – Holy crap! You're talking about a just absolute nightmare scenario. A dude that has put three different schools on probation and and just has has gone against the rules for 40 years. It seems like to kind of throw him into the ring after the, you know dealing with NCAA issues as as it stood already feels like a nightmare scenario. Maybe it helps because the NIL stuff is going on, but. That I kind of thought Memphis would be out of the picture. They're not out of the picture, but I'm still under the belief that they have kind of solidified itself as, as the third option behind Kentucky and Miami. I was told going into the Kentucky visit that Miami had a very, very real shot. Um, he has a very close – Jalen has a very close connection with uh, DJ Irving, who's an assistant at Miami. He used to coach at, at not only Jalen's high school team, but he was also a coach on team final, his AAU team. So there's a really, really deep connection there. I was told that it's it, – it's probably a lot closer than uh, I even anticipated going into it that I knew 
uh, originally it's it there's definitely a lot of deep ties there so that's if if he ends up going to Miami I think there's a lot of you know on top of just it being a beautiful place to live and it's a, it's a nice school and those sorts of things that connection right there it's like a family connection uh, and I know we we just went through that with uh, you know Cade Cunningham's brother at, at Oklahoma State but it's I don't think it's to that extent because it's not actual blood but this is a very real uh, you know close close personal relationship that Jalen has and, and Miami is definitely a threat um, but Sean and I kind of mentioned this in passing last episode but I thought it was the the, the strangest thing I had, I had a, somebody close to, I had this little uh, sit down with this an individual close to the basketball program that, um, you know, I was talking about just kind of practice report stuff, you know, how's this kid looking? How's Ty Ty looking? How's CJ Frederick looking? How's this guy doing? How's this guy? And this individual went out of his way to tell me that like Jalen Duran is the guy, he's the missing piece. He's the guy that they kind of, the whole program has kind of uh, put their focus on and put, has, kind of put the entirety of their attention on and this is coming off of three official visits the dust hadn't even settled on Derek Lively's visit uh they previously hosted um Shaden Sharp and, and Chris Livingston just the weekend before Derek Lively literally the, the day after uh, or the day before I talked to this individual and then they were leading up to Brandon Miller's official visit this past weekend as well so there are four big time five-star recruits that were making their way to campus or had already been on campus and all of their attention was on Jalen Duran. They were like, we understand that Jalen is, he's the missing piece. We think that he, with his addition, that, that it takes Kentucky from, uh, you know, a, a very good team to an absolutely great team. We'll make all the logistics of it work. We understand that there's a, there's a lot of bodies down low. We'll have to, you know, stroke some egos and make, make people happy and, and all that stuff. But Jalen is a type of guy that you make that, you know, you take that chance on and they are taking that chance on him. They are going all in on him. Um, John Calipari, I was told going into the visit felt very confident in his chances. Um, the, the whole staff, there was just a, a, a very strong vibe going into it that I, and I don't even know if it was necessarily that their pitch was, uh, what, you know, was more successful, but I think it was that they were so well prepared going into this, that they knew that, that, you know, they had the development pitch down. They had the money pitch. If you cared about money and wanted to hear about the uh, logistics of that, um, you know, th they had all of all of their bases covered for this visit where nothing, nothing, no, like no questions that Jalen could ask or his family could ask would throw a curveball for, you know, it would, wouldn't be a curveball for John Calipari and staff. They were very well prepared for anything that was on the table. And, uh, and the, the only kind of real questionable thing about uh, how it all unfolded is usually right about now, because the visit lasted from Monday, he left today and on Wednesday, usually by now you start hearing the specific details of things. And, and I, to this point have not heard like actual specifics of Jalen really liked his uh, like, I was told that, that Cal presented the, the they, they went to dinner at Jeff Ruby's. They had, like Matt said on the radio show, they went to uh, breakfast at Josie's. They kind of did a full campus thing. They, uh, you know, did a little film room session. They, like, they, they had the typical official visit. Um, and, you know, everything that you try to get out of people inside the program right now, it's like, yeah, things went really well. It's really good. Uh, but it's all very surface level stuff right now is usually when you start hearing more specifics of, uh, yeah, Jalen was just blown away, uh, blown away by the NIL pitch or, uh, Oh, he really loved the, you know, the development side of things. And, and that a lot might, of that might have to do with Jalen just being a shy dude. And he's a quiet dude. Like he, he's a guy that kind of handles his business in, in peace and doesn't want, 
to make, you know, big headlines with things. He's just a guy that kind of does, goes about his business, makes his decisions and, and, you know, kind of goes from there. Uh, so that might be a part of it, but I, I would expect more specific details to leak here in the coming days. But Kentucky was very confident in, in its pitch going into this weekend. John Calipari felt like there was a very real chance that he was going to get him. I had one person tell me that John Calipari thinks he got him. Um, but so I, you know, but, I don't know the the legitimacy of that. There's no silent commitment or anything like that, like there was with you know Cade Cunningham and Paolo Bencaro and some of those other guys uh, when you know coming off the high of a big time visit. There was nothing like that, uh, but things did go very very well. Kentucky remains very very confident about its cha- uh, its chances, um, but Miami's still very much in the thick of things. It's not like it's a home run done deal that he's going to Kentucky, but. I did. I went into this visit being very optimistic about it, about Kentucky's chances, and I remain I remain that way wholeheartedly. Um, I still feel pretty solid about Miami's chances. Not as confident about Memphis's chances, and and I know Penny returning definitely changes things, and, and they're still still right there. But I definitely think it's one A one B with Kentucky and Miami, and Memphis being that third wheel. And then I I truly believe the two professional options are kind of in in a league behind it. I, I just I just know how much money is on the table for uh, for Jalen should he go to the uh, any of these colleges, and I, I don't think. I think he's going to make way more money at, at, in college next season than he's going to make it at the G League. I don't know why he would even choose the G League or or uh, um, the NBL at this point, knowing what he can make it at, in college, Sean. Yeah, uh, there's definitely going to be money made, you know, by Jalen during here. Uh, the way he uh, looks at Kentucky Blue, can you see that billboard up around Lexington maybe advertising a business? <laughs> yeah. 100%. But I'm with, I'm with you, though, on it, it seems like it's Kentucky or Miami, honestly. And, and do you think it's a good thing that maybe we haven't really heard anything like the silent commitments like we've heard in the past, given that those didn't work out in the end? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm all about seeing a kid sign on the dotted line and showing up on campus before, you know, assuming, you know, when I first got started with this job, I, I would hear – you know, post-visit stuff, and I would get carried away and be like, oh, you know, the coaching staff just felt just unbelievable about how things went, and and uh, I, I really think that they're going to get it. You know, you kind of buy into that hype because if you're a good recruiter, you're you're going to feel confident about how your pitch was. I, I All I know is, and I, you know, I, I've tried to kind of take a step back and kind of see things from all angles and not just kind of buy into one thing, and, and if it's not just an absolute smack dab home run, uh, coming off a visit where it's like, dude, this kid is going to, to you know, like you hear Shaden Sharp. Shaden Sharp in the class of 2022, I think, is is a very, very strong Kentucky lean. And nothing you heard after that visit indicated that anything changed that, that, that Kentucky hit a home run and that you would expect Shaden Sharp to end up at Kentucky. You, you, you understand that those recruitments are out there. It was the same thing when we talked about Sky Clark on the show. Sky Clark was always a done deal to Kentucky. There was a little mix-up about, you know, when Kentucky was going to offer, how hard they were going after him. But when, you know, John Calipari kind of put his foot down and said, yeah, Sky's our guy. We're going to go after him. It was cut and dry. He was going to Kentucky. And there are a lot of recruitments like that. And, and we're very comfortable sharing that stuff on on that. Jalen Duren is a guy that he is, he's kind of gone into this process very wide open, um, kind of hoping to hear from all sides. And, and like I said, he's handling this recruiting process different than most 16, 17, 18 year old kids 
that that go through something like this a lot of them you know just look at the money side of it and they're like screw it i'm going to the place that's offering me the most money or they'll go to you know all i care about is going to a blue blood i don't care you know i'm not going to a small school that you know i i'm going to a place that i'm going to have the most exposure and you know make a, a title run a lot of people a lot of kids kind of make a, a decision based on one thing or another Jalen is kind of weighing every single – I think that, I genuinely think that's why a school like Miami is on his list where if he – I think he kind of decided if there's one school that I know I can, you know, live in a gorgeous place, I can, you know, the, the college campus is beautiful, I can go there and I can put up 25 and 15 a game and make a ton of money on NIL. I think he knows, like, hey, if, the, if I want this, this is the option that I want. If I want to go to a place where I'm going to go to the NBA and, and focus on development, Kentucky is the place I want. If I want to win an NIT, I guess Memphis is added there. But I guess there's still the, you know, the aspect of Penny Hardaway <laughs> and the cool, uh, you know, the cool factor of, of that and how he's kind of a legend in the game. And, and you know, I, I, I get it, and I, I poke fun at Memphis, but, you know, I, I do see their, their side of it as well. But – I just, I think he is kind of. The good news is he's not a mentor to to Duran, right? Right. Kentucky got burned in the past with Wiseman. That that was just a no-win situation with Penny. This is a different situation with Penny. Yeah. If anything, the mentor slash you know, guy you know main guiding light or whatever you want to call it that would be at Miami this year with with Coach Irving. Yeah. And there's there's just there's a lot of different factors that that. you know, Jalen's weighing every single option and he's kind of saying, here's, here's a, a pro con list of every single school. Here's what I like. Here's what I don't like. Um, I do know that, that he's been focusing a lot on the NIL stuff. And, and he, the last time I talked to him, he was, you know, talking about how uh, he didn't know a whole lot about it yet. And he was ready. He was excited to get on college campus campuses to hear what their pitch is and, and learn more about the process kind of through, through colleges. And I do know that that has been, uh, through his first two visits and then obviously going to the third because K- Kentucky is just a home run there, that the NIL has been a big significant part of the pitch of, of all three stops. And, and you know, that kind of, and you know, John Calvary has a plan with this, right? Obviously, like they get the last visit, they get it right on the heels of, of NIL and everything going into effect July 1st. I mean, you know that Cal sat down and has been planning this visit and the blueprint and everything that was going into play for it for a while now. Like, there was no way that he just, on last Friday, go, all right, let's start putting together the the plan for Jalen. No, this is a plan with Coach O and Chin and Jay and all these guys. that They've they've been all hands on deck, Jack, for a while. And you know that this visit, if Kentucky doesn't get him, it had nothing to do with what he was shown on this visit and what was discussed with him. You know Kentucky threw out everything there is the throw out. Yeah. And you, you bring up a really good point with that because I had somebody, uh, one of my inside, you know, inside Jeff Ruby scoop individuals that reached out to me afterward and, and kind of was there for dinner and, and knew, knew what was going on during that side of things. And he said, you know, I, I wasn't able to hear, you know, any of the specifics of, of, you know, what was discussed or anything like that, you know, they're, they're it, I mean, it's a professional establishment. They're not going to do anything to jeopardize, you know, they're, it, they, they're very hands off, but are very aware when somebody of Jalen Duran's uh, stature comes in. And, and when John Calipari comes in, they understand it's a big deal. Uh, so, you know, they, they do all the right things. Everything is, is great there, but, uh, and this is actually somebody, somebody that knows somebody there. It was, it was just, just bear with me here, but they, said that Cal 
sat there and he talked a long time and was very passionately discussing like here's you know here's xyz here's you know the specifics of all of it here you know basically like you said laid out his big long blueprint that was like look there's not a better option for you right now and and i i kind of go back to that Cade cunningham recruitment where there was that like three four month stretch where he went and and watched Cade like seven times total went and hosted him on an uh, on an official visit um you know went to watch him at a school went to talk to him talked to him constantly kind of put the full court press on Cade where it was just like look here's our pitch we need you here's why we need you take it or leave it this is our option this is why Kentucky was made for you you have you need to be at, at Kentucky and here's why. And I, I think he got the, he got the same Cade Cunningham treatment. Everybody I've talked to is just like, it, it was like you said, he put it all on the table. It was an all or nothing type deal. It was just like, look, this is what, this is what you want. This is what you say. You know, you say you want development. We got it. You say that you want somebody that's going to build your brand and, and build your, you know, marketing and exposure and things like that. We're, we're a program that is in desperate need of somebody that's going to, pro- going to provide that after the year we just went through. Like, and I think it's almost like this perfect storm of timing where Kentucky is coming off its worst season in program history. Uh, you know, this kid's reclassifying. The NIL stuff comes in the deal. There's the wishy-washy stuff with Penny Hardaway. Miami is kind of the, the top competition, which, you know, with all due respect to Miami, it's not like it'd be UK versus Duke, versus Duke and uh, versus North Carolina and Villanova and Kansas. Like, th- these are – this is a final three that Kentucky should very well beat on any given day, you know, even with the connections. that This is something that, that – this is a recruitment that Kentucky and John Calipari should be able to win, right? Like this is the one that when, when Orlando Antigua and, and Chin Coleman came in, this is what they said, you know, Hey, are, we're going to be bringing top five recruits back to Kentucky. And uh, you know, I, I, I think that this is, it's just like, it feels like this is the perfect storm with all things combined that Kentucky after going through the year that they just went through, that they're just going to come in and, and, you know, the ninth inning and, and hit a home run and, and, you know, solidify a, a number one recruit. And we'll talk about more of that in a second with, with him taking over as a number one prospect in the class of 2022. But Kentucky to come in last second, get an absolute home run, game-changing national title contending prospect here just a couple months before the season starts. I think that we – it just genuinely feels like we're trending that direction. It's not a done deal. It's not like, you know – Kentucky went away saying, yep, it's done deal. We got them, you know, call off, uh, you know, everybody else. We, we got them locked up. It's not like that. But it just feels like we're trending very quickly in that direction where Kentucky feels, you know, relatively good about its chances. And the, I think Kentucky fans should feel that, feel that same way. Yeah, and somebody replied to us on Twitter a while back, and they – do you remember seeing that? And they were wanting you to discuss something about – Jalen Duran compared to Paolo Bancaro. You remember seeing that reply? Yeah, I, I yeah, the, I, don't, I, I don't know who it was. I, mean, or, I tried to find it and I couldn't find it exactly because I was going to read what they wanted you to discuss. Do you remember the details of that though? Because I thought when I first saw it, I was like, okay, we do need to address this because you were really high on Paolo, and then talking about Jalen, then we talked about Jalen versus Paolo. If Jalen does go to Kentucky. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if you can find that or not. I was looking for 
Yeah, I, I can't find it on my – I'll have to look in my mentions. Uh, but I, I do know that the, uh, the basis of it was we all know how high you were on Paolo going into this year. You know, what, what do you think of the head-to-head matchup between the two? You know, who do you, um, you, know, who do you favor out of the two? And, and kind of what would you think of that head-to-head matchup should it come to fruition in Madison Square Garden to open the college basketball season? And look, I'm here to tell you, I genuinely think that Paolo is a national player of the year, uh, maybe favorite. I, I don't know if I want to go as far as to say favorite, but he is going to be a very strong contender for national player of the year this year. I think he's going to be a walking double-double. I think he's going to be a, a you know, a 20-10 and 10 type guy at Duke. I think that they have kind of sold him on being the – centerpiece of that you know coach k's final run that he's kind of the guy to lead them to their uh you know final go goodbye party for coach k or whatever Uh, and i I do think he's capable of being that guy they're going to run the offense through him he's expanding his game where he's knocking down threes and his mid-range is money and i've always thought i think i think he's the most college ready player to come through college basketball in a very long time I, i had people close to UK tell me that, that they thought he would have started at Kentucky two years ago. He would have started over EJ Montgomery uh, alongside Nick Richards. And I think that that truly says something about how polished he is as a college basketball player. And, and, you know, I, I know he's a dookie and I know it's, it would be, you know, Homer of me to be, you know, say, yeah, I think, you know, Jalen Duran's a can't miss. He's absolutely going to destroy Paolo if, if he go, comes to Kentucky. Paolo, watch out. Like, yeah, I, I know Kentucky fans are hoping to see that. But I think that you're getting a more polished, um, college-ready player in, in, in Paolo versus should Jalen come to Kentucky versus a, an NBA-ready in terms of just pure size and physicality. Uh, I think he's a, a fantastic passer. I think he's stronger. I think he's you know, a, a stronger finisher down low, uh, but he's not as, you know, he has soft, soft hands and, and solid touch down low, but Paolo has him beat there. Um, I, you know, Paolo obviously has a better jump shot and, and, you know, better ball handling and, and a mid range. But I think just in terms of pure post brute strength, it's like comparing, you know, who, who is the better player, Bam Adebayo or, uh, or I guess that's kind of a bad example because Bam, wasn't half the player he is now in the NBA, but just, just kind of for comparison's sake, who is the better player, PJ Washington or, uh, or Bam Adebayo? It's like, well, it depends on what you're looking for. If you're looking for the more polished, um, you know, polished offensive piece, it's very clearly in this case, it's going to be Paolo. But if you're looking for a, you know, defensive juggernaut, who's going to anchor the post and, you know, especially a guy alongside a guy like Oscar Sheboy, you know, block shots, you know, finish strong alley-oops, dunk on people and, and, you know, kind of be that rim running guy. Like, yeah, obviously Jalen has Paolo beat. It's just kind of what you're looking for out of the two. Uh, I, I think in terms of college ready players, you're looking at the two the, the two best college ready players. And I, I guess three would have been Jaden Hardy. Jaden Hardy is, is a, would have been a walking 20 point player had he gone the college route, but you're looking at Jalen Duran versus Paolo Bancaro, the two most college ready players that I think have come through, through high school basketball and shoot. I mean, five years, five, five, six years and up there with Zion. I, I think that's that Zion's the, the, obviously the outlier and the exception because he's a freak of nature. But uh, I think these two guys are, are the ones. And I think that there's a lot of intrigue. If, if, like I said, if we're gifted with that matchup to open the college basketball season, I think we need to thank the basketball gods. And I I think obviously you don't, you're not like, Oh, 
I would take a year of suffering the way Kentucky fans did. Obviously, we would have never, uh, even for this matchup, we would have never given up, you know, how awful it was. But knowing that we did get that, it would be one hell of a surprise and one hell of a gift for college basketball fans to get that to open to open the season. Because, I mean, those are those are two absolute studs, and they'd be going heads up against each other. So, Sean, I would certainly be excited about it. Yeah, it, it, I looked it up. It was Brad Roby that asked you. He was just asking to compare and contrast Duran and Palo because he knew how well documented your praise for Palo's been. How about you were spot on with all that? And it, feel, it kind of feels like Kentucky's long overdue for something like this to work out in their favor, right? I mean, it's been a long time since they've got the number one overall player in a class, and it, it would be cool if John Calipari strikes in July or August or something and, and get the guy that he adds to a team that we're already excited about with, uh, you mentioned Oscar Sheebway. It would just anchor the front court, Jack. If, if they get Jalen Duran, you're talking about a backcourt that we already like with all the shooters and the guard play that Kentucky's added and those versatile three, four pieces and Jacob Toppin and Keon Brooks. But if you can have a front court that includes Damian Collins and Oscar Sheebway and Jalen Duran, then, you know, look out. I mean, Kentucky's, Kentucky's right back ready to take on a schedule that is yeah and, and I know there's there's a lot of questions about how many pieces there are on the are in the front court and Shauna I, I kind of talked extensively about it last show and I and uh, you didn't didn't really get an opportunity to discuss your thoughts on on just kind of how jam-packed the front court would be but it, do you kind of see that, that this is a situation where coach Cal just says look you know, we went through what we went through last year. Kentucky fans are desperate for something like this. We're all desperate for something like this. You know, I know there's going to be people frustrated, but we got to do what we got to do. Do you get, do you get that sense that that's something that, that other players like a Keon Brooks would buy into knowing, or, you know, even an Oscar Sheboy who I thought had one of the most beautiful press conferences I've seen in a very long time yesterday where he talked about where he talked about his journey you know I, I, I had to write this 1700 word feature on it because I I came home and I was just like that was one of the most touching stories that I've heard in a long time about his journey from from the Congo and learning how to play basketball and how the first thing that he ever wanted to do when he learned to play basketball was play Kentucky and um, we said on this show several times that there were a lot of aspects that, that pushed him away from, from Kentucky to start with that were out of his hands and we'll kind of leave it at that. But a guy even like that, who all he's wanted to do is play college basketball, you know, at Kentucky, is that unfair to him to add a guy like Jalen this late in the game? Or do you think a guy like Oscar would be understanding and say, look, you came to Kentucky, you talked about fight and you're a warrior and all those things be a warrior, you know, man up against the, you know, a, a guy your size that, that, you know, two absolute tanks going at each other in practice every day and Oscar and, and Jalen, uh, do you think that it would ruffle feathers in the locker room? Or do you think that this would be something that uh, the other players would embrace after the season they just went through? I think it's one of those things that if you can't make it at Kentucky where it's crowded with talent, then you have no hopes of making it in the NBA where, you know, every single guy on the roster is, one of the best players in the world. Yeah. So I don't think that there's guys there that would shy away from it, especially in Oscar Sheboy. I think Oscar's confident in who he is. I, I think you get that from his press conferences. I really hated that, you know, I was having to leave for vacation yesterday and, and had to miss that press conference, but I went back and watched all the sound bites and he said everything right. And you can tell that he is 
really excited about being at Kentucky. And, you know, it worked out. Uh, it was later than what he probably originally planned and what we all thought it would be. We thought he would be at Kentucky years ago. But you're talking about all these pieces like Keon Brooks and, and all the guards in the backcourt and everything in the front court is crowded. We, we, we don't even talk about a guy like Bryce Hopkins who – UK puts out the highlight video yesterday of him flushing one with his left hand and shooting threes and making plays off the bounce. It is crowded. But all of these guys know that, Jack. When they go to Kentucky, they know. And the reason that we know they know is because we talk to parents. And the thing, the message that Cal tells the fans during these press conferences, we get the exact same word-for-word, like, discussion when we talk to these players' families. Like, Cal is real with them. He, they know that everything's going to be earned. And I think Kentucky has a roster full of guys that they came to Kentucky knowing they're going to have to fight for spots, but they came to Kentucky for a reason. Like, Xavier Wheeler led the SEC in assists. He knows that Kentucky, he's going to have to fight for a spot. Like, it, that's just – that's the life of it. That's how Washington's right there. Uh, C.J. Frederick, somebody that has started in the past won't start this year. And I think that they know, though. I think that they knew that going into it. I think Cal is kind of blending this thing together. I think it's great that they're spending all this time together, too, because you're kind of seeing this team bonding take shape. So I think it's going to be kind of an an all-hands-on-deck with this team, especially the guys that played last year, that there's not going to be any BS. I don't think they're going to stand for any BS, because when you go 9-16, and you do whatever the hell it takes to figure it out. And and if you're adding Jalen Duren to it, if you really know basketball and you play basketball and you see that guy step on the floor, there's no hard feelings. That's an elite talent that you would add to your roster. Yeah. Yeah. And and you bring up a fantastic point about just kind of team chemistry and, and just kind of how last year went. And, and I had a conversation recently where I, it was, it was very eye opening to me because you knew that there was stuff going on. Um, but I didn't know the extent of it until this most recent conversation I had where they described it to me as when they first, when everybody first got on campus and the isolation started and the quarantining started that all the players kind of started clicking up with one another where there were small little individual groups on the team. And that kind of started ruffling feathers early because, you know, some players were kind of favoring others and, you know, they would work out with some, you know, at some points in the day and others, you know, weren't invited to those practices or those, those early workouts. And there was just a lot of unnecessary tension added to a year full of tension already, if that makes sense. It's like, it's like they, all of the bad side of, you know, all, all of the bad characteristics that come with, uh, you know, isolation and quarantining and, and just kind of the crappiness that went on with last year, more was added to it because they kind of started getting, getting territorial. And there was just, it was just a lot of egos that didn't mesh with one another and they didn't mesh early. And we, it kind of bled onto the court and we saw that very early. We saw it, you know, with the, you know, stuff during the North Carolina game, we saw stuff, you know, other, other stuff happened throughout the season. It was, way worse than I thought going into it. And I think that that's why Cal has gone out of his way so clearly to um, 
you know, do all these team bonding events and have pool parties and do all this stuff because he knows that it was not a healthy locker room last season. It just wasn't like there's, there's no, there's no way to describe that as a healthy locker room. And I think Cal has gone out of his way and he said, look, I will never do that again. I, I put these kids at disadvantage by, by, you know, I, he, he, and he admitted, I focused more on making sure these kids didn't get COVID than making sure these kids, you know, mental health and their, you know, just fun and, and their normal livelihood and, and just kind of how they, how they go about the normal business, making sure that was in check before focusing more on just the actual health of all of them. It was kind of a, something that he realized late, but it was too late at that point and when the locker room was already gone. So I, I think this, is, this offseason has it's very clearly been a I'm never letting that happen again scenario. I think there's a toughness in that locker room now that was missing last year. Like that team, that team had good basketball players. I'm still convinced that, you know, that team had good enough players to win. They just didn't know how, Jack. They, they didn't have, they didn't know who their leader was. I don't think it was really, I mean, Davion Mintz, we know, stepped up in ways, but even Davion Mintz at times, you know, it, it was too much to kind of throw on his shoulders. Like they struggled so much. So many guys struggled. Uh, they were without Keon Brooks for, what, two to three months. And that was the guy that was supposed to be the leader. Yeah, I think that what those guys went through last year, and not just collectively the team, but individually, like look at every one of these guys. Lance Ware struggled. Uh, Jacob Toppin had his struggles at times. I mean, all these guys had their struggles. I think those individual battles kind of mixed in with the team battles that they had to go through. I just think it's going to create a level of toughness in that locker room that these guys coming in, the Bryce Hopkins, the Damian Collins, the Tata Washington's, all these guys, I think that they're not going to have those same experiences because there's something to lean on now. These guys know what it's like to struggle at Kentucky, and I think that they're going to do everything they can to, to get it right. And how, how refreshing is it, too, that a lot of these guys didn't run from it? Yeah. You know, they said, hey, I'm, I'm coming back. I, I want to get this right. Jacob Toppin, I want to get this right. Keon Brooks, I, I wasn't leaving. I wanted to get this right. Lance Ware is the guy that we talk about all the time. Where does he fit? And if they get a guy like Jalen Durham, where does he fit in? But he's not running from it, Jack. I, I think that, that's so refreshing to see. And it's not for everybody. You're going to have guys leave in situations where they find a better opportunity elsewhere. Like, you no, know, Devin Askew's not with the program anymore. Yeah. But then you have guys that want to kind of stick it out and they see maybe a path to fighting and I just think that these bonding, this, these camps, mixing with the fans, getting to work with these kids, getting to see personalities, the pool party they had last night, those things right there, I think, are literally the building blocks and the foundation for winning those close games. It has nothing to do with what they're putting in on the floor right now. It has everything to do with their learning to love one another. They're learning to trust one another. And when you do that – when you look to your left and you look to your right and you do not want to let that guy down, you will go through hell to make sure that you get it right. And I just think that that's something that this team's getting figured out during the summer session with their staff and with their, their teammates. Yeah, and you bring up Lance Ware. One of the quotes that I got uh, last week was that Lance was just genuinely pissed about how his year went. Uh, it just it, like not about how the off court stuff happened and the on court stuff, how bad the team was and all that. 
but that he was disappointed in himself with how his performance was and how he, how he was kind of embarrassed about some of the, you know, people were making fun of him for missing layups and, you know, things that, things that just happen in basketball. He went out of his way that, you know, this offseason transferring was never on the table. And that was something that, like, I, I kind of just kind of assumed that a guy like Lance Ware would, would explore his transfer options, you know, after a year. Uh, it wasn't like a, a Cameron Fletcher situation where you knew going into it that there were people around him that didn't think that he was going to make it at Kentucky and that he was going to inevitably enter the transfer portal after one year that he actually did and that actually came to fruition. He did. Lance Ware was a guy that you, that you didn't hear any of that buzz, but you just kind of assumed that a guy that was so far down the depth chart and saw his minutes decrease to almost nothing by the end of the season that a guy like him would just not see a fit at Kentucky anymore. And I heard the exact opposite that he is the way he has handled this off season and just kind of gone about his business as a look like I, I, I know I was not good enough last year. I know that it was unacceptable and I know, I, I know better of me. I know that I can be better and I want to show that off at Kentucky. And I, I just think that that mindset has kind of bled into the other players that, that this is like, like you said, it just feels like that warrior mentality, that, that dog mentality is just kind of bled into the entire roster where they're like, yeah, we, and, and that's where I think Jalen Duren fits so well into this, where it's just like, yeah, we understand that, that this would be an, an absolutely, you know, chaotic mess if we add another number one prospect in the front court, potential top draft pick to the to the front court, and and that it would be, uh, you know, there's going to be players with their feelings hurt about you know minutes and shots and and who's going to get the ball and those sorts of things. That is going to happen, but there's this collective idea that, you know what after what we went through last year and, and kind of how everybody kind of turned their backs on this program and thought that, you know, John Calipari lost his touch and Kentucky's not what it used to be. And, you know, they're getting left behind while other people are passing them up and those sorts of things that there's this like killer mentality inside the locker room now where it's like, look, last year didn't go the way it was. We, we have the opportunity to run this back uh, and, you know, add as many big pieces as we can. We might have to shoot. We might have to platoon again. We might have to, you know, some players are going to get zero minutes. They're going to get, you know, coaches' decision DNPs. Like, they're, like that's going to happen next next season if you add a guy like Jalen Duran. But I think there's just kind of like this mutual understanding within everybody that that they want it. Like they want that challenge. That they're they're willing to yeah. accept that. And he was Jalen last night was at the the pool party. There was some super salute in my mentions that you know. God bless him because he found this small little. In the window. It was absurd. It was the, it was the most ridiculous thing where the I you know everybody was like is Jalen there is Jalen there they're looking like they're having this awesome time is Jalen there and I was like look I am not gonna you know go millisecond by millisecond try to break down this you know and decipher this video I I have no idea if he's there or not like you know you can somebody else can leave that I'll leave that up to them and then goodness gracious somebody in my mentions stopped it at the perfect time and sure enough Jalen Duran was there in the background talking to Jay Lucas so he was there he was part of the fun and the environment he I mean he was right next to a bunch of the other players and it seemed like they were welcoming welcoming him in and it's like how can you see that camaraderie and just kind of how that whole night went and not be like oh you know the even be pessimistic about it at all and think, Oh, there's going to be tension in the locker room and all this stuff. Like, no, they are genuinely having a good time. You know, you, you talk to recruits after their visit, you talk to parents and they're like, yeah, we went bowling. We, we spent the night uh, last night 
going, you know, riding the little raz- the little uh, bird scooters around downtown Lexington. You you saw Dante Allen last night. He posted a picture. Of, he went to a little house party with uh, Ty Ty Washington and and I can't remember who the other player was. Um, I, I I can't remember off the top of my head, but he posted it on Instagram. But it's like, good, yes, this is what we need. We need these kids out and seeing college. You know, I hope Jalen Duran went with them. I hope that they showed him a good time, that things went great. Like, I hope that's what happened because these kids need to show, like, need to know that, like, hey, it's you know, it's cool to love your teammates and have this, you know, good strong bond. I, even though I might not be getting mine compared to you getting yours on the floor, like, like we can still come together and build something special here and I think that they kind of see Jalen as this like yeah like like I said to start the show this missing piece I genuinely think that everybody in the like I don't think the coaching staff's kind of leaving the players out in the dark like hey you know not you know not trying to bring up Jalen or his name or you know being making things awkward like I think that they're they know that this is coming they know that that this is on the table and I think they're welcoming it well that's what I was about to say you know Cal's voice is important Orlando and Tigo's voice is important, but honestly, the more important voice is the collective team. And they're there right now, and you need those guys to pitch Jalen Duran on playing with him because that's who he's going to be with. Yeah. It's, it's not like you're having someone host your official visit and saying, all right, you know, when, when I'm in the league next year, this is going to be your, your team. No. Like, they're, they're making this pitch to him to come join them and compete for a national championship and try to get this thing right and get back to what Kentucky standards are. And I think that's big. I think that it's big that he gets to interact with guys that would be his teammates. I mean, obviously, he's got to do those same things at all these other places he's been, but it's big at a place like Kentucky, too, where he gets to, to go through that experience and, and see guys that he will go to battle with every single day. And then one more note, too, just on – these guys getting to do these camps that we're seeing coming to a close this week, you know, a month long thing where these guys have been going around the state. They've been doing it at the craft center. I've been to two of them. I know you've been there to me, Jack, the perfect way for these kids to heal. And I'm not just talking to heal from a nine and 16 season where that was the hardest eight to nine months of their life. No doubt. They come to Kentucky thinking they were competing for a national championship, and they get to Kentucky, and it, it was a horrible season. Nothing was normal. And then you lose a teammate. You lose Terrence Clark. To me, getting out there and spending time with these kids around the state, the kids that idolize these guys, I think it was the perfect way to heal, not only for the team, but for the fans as well. And I just think that this summer, if this team ends up doing something great and they make a run in the Final Four or they, they make a deep run into the boy tournament, I'm willing to bet that you're going to hear a lot of guys say June and July is where we laid that foundation. Will Jalen Durham be a part of that? We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. That was, you, you put it just so beautifully and so eloquently. Uh, we'll, we'll wrap up. Um, I, I just kind of do just quick summary. We, we kind of threw a lot at you uh, a lot from a lot of different angles, um, but just kind of a, a brief summary I think that Kentucky is right there in the thick of things. I might even say that I, I, I think that Kentucky is the leader. And if he goes to, goes to college, uh, I think it's going to be Kentucky. Uh, I, but I 
do not want to count out Miami. There's a strong bond with DJ Irving, his assistant. And I, I do think that that is going to weigh that's weighing on his mind pretty hard. And, and that's something that he's going to consider. Um, I do think Kentucky was confident about its pitch. They were confident going into it. There was a text that I got that John Calipari thinks that he got him. Um, so that in itself is, is pretty substantial news. We didn't really discuss like kind of the ins and outs of the NIL stuff, uh, but we I guess we kind of did saying that, that there'd be a better opportunity than some of the pro route, uh, the pro options. But I genuinely think that these offers that are on the table are not going to be a couple thousand dollars, tens of thousands, even a, even hundreds of thousands of dollars. I think that when it comes time for the Gatorades of the world, the Nikes of the world uh, to to step in, even with the you know. I, the local sponsors there's going to be local regional and national sponsors shoot even some worldwide sponsors that are going to be able to step in and offer a guy like Jalen Duran. they're going to want to get their hands on him early and you know I, I've been told that I, I kind of said this on last episode or, or maybe it was two ago where UK didn't know going into it and they were kind of creating this content this contingency plan of of you know okay here's what's going to happen if it's a if it's a two hundred thousand dollar cap that they sit on these kids or a hundred thousand dollar or five hundred thousand dollars or uh, what it would be like if there was no cap kind of planning on what their pitch would be well we now know that it's a no cap and now that it's we know that it's an uncapped uh, market for these kids to get as much money as they as they want I think that we're going to see multi-million dollar offers from various sponsors, various deals. And I think Jalen Dern is going to be the prize of this class in terms of who's going to get it. And I think he knows that. And I think that's kind of why the pro route is kind of out of uh, – not it's not out of the question right now. But I, I, do, uh, I, I do think that he values the exposure and marketing that he's going to be able to get at a college campus by going to a Final Four, by making a run in March Madness, those sorts of things. But I do think that he sees the writing on the wall where – as a Kentucky athlete, he is going to be able to make just buku amount of money. He's going to be able to make as much money as he wants, like several million dollars, not just several hundred thousand dollars or whatever, or even capped at one million or whatever. I think his, I think his one year at, at Kentucky is going to be um, more than anything that he'd be able to make in the G League or anything he'd be able to make with, with the oh. NBL. I, I think that that is a very real thing. And he, he'll be able to get that anywhere, but I, I do think that he knows that at Kentucky that pitch is is substantially better than the other two options on the table. And, and how long is it until at KS Bar you can walk in and have big O's onion rings? <laughs> tomorrow. We could. We, we could tomorrow. Or, or Dante goes, hits seven threes against somebody, and there's a Dante's Inferno wing sauce for <laughs> something. <laughs> yeah, it, it, that that stuff is on the table, and I and I will add real quickly. I talked to a couple of the parents. Um, I'm still, you know, UK is weird about contacting players directly because you know it's against the media protocol and all that stuff. Uh, yeah. But I do know that like now that the NIL stuff is here, I, I feel like UK doesn't really have a like a, you know we have KS Bar. Like I, I could talk deals about KS bar and like those sorts of things. I don't know how they'd be able to step in. I don't know about that side of things. I'm not even going to get into that, but until I have a, a definite, like, yeah, I'm able to do that. I reached out to some of the parents of, of the players and I've not gotten anybody that says that they have, uh, that they have reached any agreements that are going to start tomorrow. Uh, Ty Ty Washington's dad, who Ty Ty is kind of like the 
top brand guy, you know, like I, I feel like he's going to be, if there's going to be one player that's not Jalen Duren that's going to make a ton of money with the NIL immediately. I think Ty Ty is that guy. Um, he has not made any agreements. He said that he hasn't even like uh, his dad said that they haven't even like had any in-depth conversations about like, you know, specific sponsors or who would be an advertiser for him or anything like that yet. But he said that, that is something that they're very well prepared for and they are very excited about the uh, upcoming opportunity for it and added very clearly that they think it's, it's a very good thing that these kids are going to be able to make money. So uh, it's kind of well known that that's going to happen. It's not, nothing's a done deal yet, but uh, Kentucky has made it very clear to Jalen Duran that, that he is going to be able to make more money in Lexington than he will be able to make probably between Memphis and Miami combined, to be totally honest. I think the Kentucky's NIL pitch is second to none. I think they know that. They went into it this weekend knowing that. I think that's kind of where that confidence came from going into it. It's like, yeah, we can compete with Miami in basketball. We can compete with Miami in and you know that. We probably can't compete with Miami in terms of uh, the coaching relationship, but man, when it comes down to that NIL stuff, we have them beat by a mile. And and I know Memphis put together a pretty darn good NIL pitch, but look, Memphis is Memphis. They're not – I mean, shoot, look at the difference. Go to Jalen Duren's Instagram page and look at the pictures that, that he posted from, from his visit to Memphis. It was little – crappy uh, iPhone camera pictures that you could tell very clearly that it, that it was from a camera phone. And then look at the picture that he just posted from Kentucky. Just look at the difference between the two. Tell me that UK can't be better at marketing Jalen Duran just by looking at the difference between those two photos. I'm telling you, it, it, is, it is night and day. Kentucky's pitch with NIL, it's been well-documented. They've been well-prepared for this moment for a very long time. Whether Mitch Barnhart's been wanting it or not, they are ready for it. And it starts tomorrow. And I think they are very confident that Jalen Dern will be a part of that one day. Uh, like I said, it's not a done deal. It's, you know, there's no silent commitment. There's none of that going on, but Kentucky was very confident going into it and nothing happened on the trip that makes them any less confident. They think that they're right in the thick of things. And uh, we should know more here in the, in, in the next couple of days. I, I'm planning on whenever more news breaks, you know, shoot if Davion Mintz were to make a final decision there, we hear, hear any, more specifics on Duran's visit and you know I'm going to be keep, keep working the phones um and we're, you're going to get another show here in the next couple of days or how you know probably probably the next day next one will be hopefully when Davion Mintz makes his decision in the coming days I don't know anything about that As last time I talked it was 50 50 we said that on this show uh, every time you ask about somebody they're like nobody has any idea what Davion's doing he's kind of working by uh, working on his own with this and and we're when we know you got you guys are going to know so um, I'm not even going to speculate on that anymore. When we know, we'll let you guys know, and we'll uh, have another edition of this sh- of this show. And uh, hopefully, we yeah, come back with with good news. Yeah, and you know, I'm on my way to vacation right now, but I have my mic with me. Obviously, I have my phone with me, like I do right now. So, whenever something happens, I'll be right there, ready to talk about it. Absolutely. We're very excited about it. All right. Uh, we're going to get out of here, but before then, uh, we need to have a quick message from our friends at Manscaped. Sean, summer is here, and are you ready to unveil your beach bod? You're in luck. Our friends at Manscaped just launched their fourth generation performance package, which includes the Lawn Mower 4.0. You heard that right. The 4.0. Compliment your summer bod with a trim from the leaders in male grooming. The sun is shining and calling your name, fellas. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get the hot guy summer body 
by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code Pilgrim. That's P-I-L-G-R-I-M. It's time to bundle up with the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, their Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, uh, performance boxer brief, and a travel bag to hold your goody. First off, the new Performance Package 4.0 includes the new Lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer is insane, and dare I say, the goat of ball trimmers. Yes, I said it. The fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 4,000 RPM motor, a new multifunction on-off switch that can engage a travel... uh, travel lock and gives you the ability to turn the 4000k led spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave did i mention that the trimmer is waterproof too sean in the shower or in the wild and from your chest pubes all the way down to your ball fro i just realized uh when i was kind of laughing about this last time that that was a i believe stepbrothers reference which that's just a fantastic ad um part of the uh, part of the script thank you to the uh, manscape people for adding that in uh, the lawnmower 4.0 is the absolute best trimmer for you. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code Pilgrim. That's P-I-L-G-R-I-M at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code Pilgrim at manscaped.com. Escape the shrubs and weeds this summer and shine with manscaped.com. Sean, let's get the heck out of here. Where can fans find your work? Yeah. Uh, you can find my work at gobigbluecountry.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at gbbcountry. You can find me on Twitter at Jack Pilgrim KSR. Reach out to me via email at jpilgrim at kentuckysportsradio.com. Sean, you brought up, we are going to be hosting Kentucky Sports Radio. Yes, the Kentucky Sports Radio, uh, the uh, nationwide radio show from 10 to uh, to noon next week, July 8th. um, it's, It's the Thursday. So, we are very, very excited about it, Sean. This is something that we have been, you know, we've been listening to the show for years and years and years. I've been listening since I was a little kid. Um, this is a big moment for both of our careers, something that I'm, uh, I'm very, very thrilled about, and I'm grateful for the opportunity. And I think, uh, with all due respect, I think we're going to crush it. I'm just very, very, you know, bluntly putting it out there. I think we're going to crush it. I think it's going to be a great time. And uh, I, I'm glad that we're going to be able to bring this beautiful uh, listenership that we already have here, all of our you know, dedicated loyal listeners that we have every single week and the numbers continue to grow. We're so thankful for each and every one of you. We're going to be able to kind of expand this range a little bit. We're going to open the door a little bit for this source to say family to uh, the official big time KSR family. And Sean, I'm uh, grateful that you're going to be a part of it. Yeah. And you know, we're hopeful that Maybe there's someone out there that listens to the radio show that hasn't listened to sources say, and maybe they fall in love with, with what we do, right? And uh, you're, you're spot on. I mean, KSR, like I've, I've talked to Matt in the past. And I've talked to, to Drew. You know it. Like I, I started doing media on my own and stuff four or five years ago, and it was my love for KSR. I told Matt this a thousand times. It was my love for KSR that inspired me doing what I'm doing today. And I'm nervous. I'm not gonna lie. I've <laughs> sat, you know, I've sat and covered games at Madison Square Garden. I've been on SEC this morning with Peter Burns and Chris Doring. I've done a lot of things that would, you know, make me get nervous and be sit there and have to pinch myself. But when I sit in that seat and put that headset on with you that day, I'm gonna be nervous. But that's when you know you're doing something special. 
and it's a big deal. It's a really big deal to me. I take a lot of pride in being from the same hometown that Matt's from, and, you know, we, we compete in this job, Jack. All of us do. All, all outlets do. But the one thing that I decided to do when I first started coming in this is, like, don't, don't punch up the people, man. Some of the best people I know have KSR written across their polos. Like, you're, you're one of my best friends. And I have a ton of respect for all the people that work there. I'm grateful to be on this platform with you. And I cannot wait for July to actually get out there and talk to the KSR fan base. I mean, it's the pulse of the Kentucky fan base. That is, if you, that's where you want, if you want to get something out to the fans, you go to KSR. And I'm excited for it. Cannot wait. Well, I am very grateful that you're going to be a part of it. It's, it's a big moment for me in, in my career. It's something that, like you said, I mean, this is something that I've, I've been dreaming of since I was a little kid. I, I've, you know, I, I used to sometimes in school, I'd throw my ear, earbud in and I'd listen to it during, during school when I wasn't allowed to. And, and like it, it just, I used to read the website. I, I kind of worked my way up the ranks and I, I became a full-time writer there. And now this is my first, you know, I've been a, a just kind of a, a special guest every once in a while on, on some of the pregame shows and every once in a while on the actual radio show. But this is, this is my first time hosting it just by myself. So it's just kind of crazy thinking that like, man, this is something that I listened to my whole life growing up and now it's going to be mine for a day. You know, we, we're going to be able to be as goofy and stupid as we want. Unfortunately, there's not going to be a, a live manscaped ad. I, I think we got to keep that to uh, these ears only uh, on the source of safe feed, but Man, we're going to have such a blast with it, and we're so thankful. Uh, please tune in July 8th Thursday, on Thursday, 10 to noon. We're going to have just absolute blast with it. And uh, it, I'm, it's I'm something just, that we've talked about, right? Me and you yeah. talked about this multiple times on these road trips that we do. Like, how cool would it be to actually get to host that one time? And we didn't know if it was going to happen. Yeah. But it happened. It's going to happen. I, I, I cannot wait. I'm so excited for it. And look, I, I – with all due respect, I'm not stopping it at one show either. I think that we're going to be working up. I want to do uh, pregame and postgame shows every once in a while, and I I, I oh, think absolutely. that I think that we're we're taking this show. Uh, we're only we're only getting bigger from here. We're not stopping. I'm not slowing down anytime soon. We're going to keep rolling with this. We have such a fun time with it. Uh, it it'd be stupid to it, it'd be such a stupid idea to slow down in in any you know shape, form, or fashion. We're going to keep rolling with this. It's a feedback. The feedback that I get to from being on the show, like the the DMs or the people that say, "Hey, I heard I was I was actually in line ordering a snow cone <laughs> in, uh, <laughs> in my hometown like a week or so ago," and one of my childhood friends that I went to elementary school with, I never get to see him anymore, and he's standing behind me in line, and he starts talking to me, and the first thing he talks about is that, "Hey, I just listened to you on Sources Say the other day." Wow. And, you know, it's, it's so cool for, for me to hear those things. And it's not just the people that I know, it's the people that I don't know that reach out and have conversation and stuff. I, I love it. And if you like something that we do, let us know. If you like something we don't do, let us know. And yeah. you're the, you all listening to the show are the reason why we continue putting out episodes. You demand it, we provide it. It's one of my greatest joys when – news breaks it doesn't matter what the news is like they just officially passed the nil uh legislation to like they basically said all system go we're ready to go for tomorrow and i guarantee you within 10 minutes we're going to get a uh special edition of the sources a podcast breaking down Jalen duran and and nil stuff like i guarantee you that we're going to get something 
to that effect. And it just, it just, it warms my heart every single time something happens. If, you know, there's a big time recruit that's on campus or there's a, you know, whatever they're like, sources say, you're going to, you're going to give us a source to say, I, I think it's just fantastic. I appreciate each and every one of you. You have no idea. I know there's a, a lot of times I, I, I can't get to everybody. I try to, at minimum like if you say something to me on twitter about it i try to give you a like at minimum some you know i, I try to reach out to you directly if you do but um it, it just it, it's something that if, if i can't get to you directly just know that we appreciate it and uh, we we're we're not stopping anytime soon we're growing and we hope that this uh this next thursday is a just one more kind of stepping stone for our for this show and kind of where we plan on taking this thing because uh, I, I'm, I'm planning on taking it to the moon as the young, the, as the young folks say. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, with that, we'll get the heck out of here. Uh, this was a lot of fun. And like I said, if, if we have any news breaks, the news that breaks on, on Davion Mintz or anything more that we hear on uh, Jalen Duran, we will definitely throw these headsets on and roll out another edition of the Source to Say podcast. With that, we'll be back next time for another edition. We will see you then.